know, a few days ago, I was on patrol in the area around Thousand Island Lake. That's high country there. That's the sort of country that's the first to feel that first light of the sun coming up over the edge of the world. And it's the first place to see night and feel night coming. And it's easy to feel alone when you're by yourself on patrol. But it's easy to feel you got the whole world around you in that same place, in that same time. And it's hard to, to be on your horse, riding through all that silence, thinking nothing bad could ever happen, and there's only good in this world, because all around you is nothing but the beauty that was here when Creator first made it. That calmness, that stillness, that quiet. What could ever disturb such beauty? That's what I was thinking at that time. And it was so pretty, even my horse seemed to be moved by what it was seeing by what he was smelling, by what he was feeling through his hooves, the earth itself. I was feeling good. It was all good. Everything was good on that day. And then a shot rang out. And it sounded like a crack of thunder, but it wasn't loud enough to be thunder. It just split the sky, and everything just seemed to get quiet right after that. But before it did, it echoed and echoed. An echo, like the earth was trying to remember that silence and stillness can be disturbed by something as sudden as the crack of a rifle. And it was hard to tell where that sound was coming from. And I knew it wasn't a soldier making that sound because I was the only one on patrol in that area. So I had to figure out where the sound was coming from, who made that sound, who fired a bullet, and who knows where that bullet ended up. And I figured it was a deer. And I figured again, it was probably a poacher. And I found him a few hours later. And he was right there hunched over a deer that he had shot. And he was so into what he was doing, he didn't even notice me come up until I was right behind him with my pistol drawn, pointed right at him. And I said, hold up, sir. Don't move. And he got still like he had turned to to stone. And I said, now you can drop what you got in your hands because I can't see them. Raise your hands up slowly over your head and turn slowly. That's what I said. And he did. And he was looking at me and he's all about as grizzled as you can expect a man to be who does that for a living, hunting or poaching, depending on what line you've come across, whether you're in Yosemite are you in Mariposa County? So he's looking at me, and we already knew without even speaking that it was about to be a bad conversation. Because what are you going to say to someone who's shot a deer in the, in the boundaries, within the boundaries of the park? How are you? Ain't it a fine day? I love the way the sun come up this morning. By the way, you a poacher, and that's against the, the law here. You breaking rules and regulations. And by the way, you may be a family man, but I'm just letting you know that you can't feed your family with this deer because that's illegal. So I'm going to have to take this deer from you right now, which mean, means your child is going to go hungry tonight. Your wife going to go hungry, and you may go hungry too. Now, I ain't, that ain't much of a greeting, but I was already thinking about those words I just expressed to you because I knew I had to tell him that very thing. We didn't say all that because he knew why I was there, and I knew why I was there. 
So there was no need to go into any kind of conversation about what he did being wrong or what he's done being right. He broke the rules. He broke the regulations. He was a poacher. That's all there was to it. And the thought that I had at the time, though, in addition to that, was the animal at his feet. And I just saw it there motionless. And there are very few things in this world who got more grace than a deer. A, a deer, when it's perfectly still, it still seems to be filled with such vitality, with such fire. And it's so beautiful an animal. Everything that it moves seems to be the studied movement of grace. I always feel something sacred in my heart, in my bones, when I'm just watching a deer on the move or standing still. And there it was, lying there, all crumpled out, and all the life spilling out of it through a a hole right there on its side. And its eyes were dull, and there was no light shining there. And I, I started wondering, what was it thinking? What was it feeling? What did it know before that bullet took the life out of it? Did it know it was about to die in a minute, in a second? Or was it just too busy taking in the deep blue of the sky and the brightness of the sun and the cool sweetness of the wind with that piney scent all over it? And I thought, huh, I'm glad I'm not a deer, but yet I know what it's like to have someone look at me like I was just something to bring down to the earth. So then I just did what my job required me to do. I told that, that hunter, that poacher, he needed to leave right then and there. And he just looked at me and he saw that I was by myself, but I had the drop on him. So he had no choice but to leave. But I followed him a bit to make certain he was on his way. And I made certain that he knew that I was still watching him. And I went back to that deer and I just pulled it off to one side and figured out there'll be something coming along like a mountain lion or or bear that'll take care of it. Nothing's ever wasted in the mountains. Everything got a purpose, whether it's living or dead. Everything's got a, a place in this world, and it helps in its own death. Everything around it stay alive a little bit longer. And I just started continuing on the trail. You know, I figured I just finished my my patrol, and uh, at a certain point, I started getting these hairs coming up along my neck. And I started feeling this coldness against my face, but there wasn't no wind blowing, and I could feel it dripping down my neck. And, I, and it was an uneasy feeling. And that beautiful, that beauty around me of that day, that beautiful feeling that I had started seeping away like that blood that was slowly coming out of that deer, and not much was coming out when I got there. And I realized that something out there in that beauty was watching me. I didn't know what it was. I turned my horse around. I pulled in the rain to the, to the left and to the right, looked all around me, and every time I stopped, it was quiet. That same quiet. And I'd start riding a, along the trail a bit, then I'd get that feeling again, and I'd stop and I'd look back, and sometimes I felt I saw something. I couldn't tell what it was, but something got captured out of the corner of my eye, but it wouldn't hold on to it, and it still managed to slip away into the shadows of those red fur. But I knew there was something out there, 
something that was looking at me in the same way a man who's hungry might look at a deer and wish it dead. But I never heard anything, never saw anything. But what made me the most nervous of all was within a short time, my horse got fidgety and it got harder to control. And I just look at it and just ask, what's going on, boy? What's wrong with you? What do you smell? And it just was moving its head and kind of looked back at me a couple times, or at least I thought it was me, and it just seemed uneasy. And so both of us, my horse and myself, were uneasy at the thought that there was something out there that wanted us or me for dinner. That's what it felt like. I was being hunted. Now, I'm not used to being hunted by something out in the woods. I'm used to being the one out there doing the hunting. And I just was sitting there on my horse wondering what it was out there that was eyeing me in that manner. The same way we look at something and all we see is food. It was just like ice pouring right down my back. If ice could pour, that was what was coming down on me. I just kept moving on that trail because I couldn't see it and I couldn't hear it and I couldn't smell it and I couldn't taste it in the wind. And you easily could think I was imagining something there. But I could tell, again, out of the corner of my eye, something that was just there. I could tell in the wind that I could get a whiff of something that was just there but couldn't quite make it out. There was something I could hear but not hear. You know, like it's on the edge of hearing, like you being on the beach, on the edge of the ocean. You ain't in the ocean, but you can hear the sound of it. You can smell the salt of it. You can almost taste it in your mouth with your eyes closed and your ears shut. With your hands closing down, you knew all that deep water was right there waiting to pull you in. It was just like that. Something out there that wanted to kill me was right there tracking me. It was the hunter, and I was the prey. And I'm thinking, I just told that, that poacher all about the rules and regulations, but I didn't have to say much because he could see it clearly written in my eyes. And then here I was, out there all by myself, and something out there was tracking me, was wanting me to fill its gut. And that feeling got stronger and stronger, the quieter it became. There were no birds singing. There was no wind blowing. There was just me and the mountains. And if I cried out for help, if I cried out to God, no one, nothing would hear, at least hear clearly enough to come to my aid. I was completely alone. And I loved being alone till that moment, till that day. But in that moment, I was longing for the company of another corporal, a private, maybe even a captain. That would have helped out too. But it was just me and my horse and something I could not see, something I could not hear, something I could not touch that wished me dead. Well, I got back to that cabin. That patrol cabin never looked sweeter than it did when I rode up on it. And I'm looking back behind me, and there was nothing there but light and shadows. And something 
that was beyond the edge of those shadows, still there, waiting. I never had that experience before. Don't look for anything like it in the future. It's a feeling I don't want even, I don't even like talking about because I think of myself as a strong person. But that day in the mountains, in the Sierra, reminded me how little I am and that on that day, the only reason and purpose for me to be in this world was to fill the belly of some unnamed beast that was out there looking at me thinking, that looked good. Don't know quite what it is, but he looked pretty good. I'm just going to get me a bite when he's not looking. Just a taste of a soldier. That's what I was feeling out there on that day in the range of light. And that feeling's never left me. It's given me a little bit of humility. That's a word the chaplain taught me. I've been humbled by the invisible. Because now I know that no matter how good or big or important or strong you think you are, there's something out there always something out there that looks at you and all it sees is something sitting on a plate ready to be consumed. Now that, that's a thought to have in your head before going to sleep on a night where you hope it'll end quick and bring the sun to light the day. <laughs>